Welcome to the podcast, everyone. And uh, come on in, come on in. Don't be shy. No, not not everyone. Not everyone. There's only room for for so. Okay, okay. We can fit. We can fit more in. No, everyone. Yeah, What's the max the back get, occupancy get here? Yeah, we're we're about to go on a roller coaster ride, um, and uh, and we do that every time, honestly. So no matter you know what, what, well, what, what, where you're from. <laughs> What, what nation you hail from, what planet you hail from, all are welcome here at Men in Black International. Absolutely. We, this is an all-inclusive agency. The thing is, is that, yeah, once you get here, you're going to be bored out of your mind. So just get ready <laughs> for that. Uh, this yeah, is these are where all, like, the, the reject aliens <laughs> ended <Yeah>. up. Yeah. <laughs> right. These are, yeah. You know, when you... That's just what happens when you get to a size that is global, it's quality control really becomes an issue. And um, that, you know, uh, what is it? It's like Kayla was telling me. Oh, it's like, oh, so they've gone, they've gone full. They've corporatized. Absolutely. In every sense of the word, because they've really sucked the soul out of everything. Um, this is this podcast is called Polarized. This is a podcast about polarizing movies and polarizing the sense of Rotten Tomato scores. We are looking at movies that either critics loved and audiences hated or vice versa. This week we're doing Men in Black International. The, the man speaking that, is Brandon Stables. Yes. Sorry. I... Let Pardon me introduce. I can't. I, can, I could only Pardon let me. you go so long without introducing the great Brandon Stables. The great Brandini is the great also Brandonio. Another, uh, Brandonio, B. Stakes, Mr. Big, uh, Mr. Biggs. Z- yeah. Um, you know, a whole host of names. This podcast, you can call me a Mr. Whole host of hosts. Of whole host of hosts. And speaking of whole host of hosts, hey, now I am accompanied by the one and only, the man, hey, now. the mystery, James Lindsay. Yes, yeah, some know me as James Lindsay or or Blames Jinzy, whatever yep. whatever you prefer. James Lindsay is yes. uh, not, yeah, yeah. Captain J Mouse, right? Yeah, that's his um, usually his gamer tag. So and any big time gamer guys and gals. Oh 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 yeah! I want everyone to know that so, is my personality know, as well. <laughs> that is his identity. That's my identity. Yeah, That's really, what I primarily I mean, identify as is a is a fucking pro gamer, bro. As a pro gamer, um, yeah. So get ready for that if you do us uh, and I eat disco volante. I'm I'm giving my I own eat, pseudonyms yeah. here, but I I like I like the disco volante. For We're doing the plugs up at I the say? top. I know, man. We're I know. What can I say? Up at the top. This is shameless. You know what? I'm pl- I'm shamelessly gonna put pl- blood fart. F- Follow me on anywhere and um, not on Twitter. It's truly Twitter. shameless because that's, I mean, your name is Bloodfart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's shameless. It's got no shame. If I had shame, I don't even know. I can An ode to the, to the great it. Jason Manzukas, I believe. Correct? Bloodfart? What is that from? Uh, kind of. Yeah, I guess that would be the most inspired. Pl- or you, or just, probably from experience. Well, I won't get into that. Maybe <laughs> later, you know, if you're lucky. Um, no, I just was looking for a name that was so, like, not offensive, but so aggressive, so <laughs> angry, and just so you, all you have to do is say it the way that the uh, vowels work in that word, um, and what it insinuates obviously just yeah. really shocking i wanted something that was shocking something that was you know yeah really 
made you go, wow. Oh, okay. And, I feel like uh, we're, it was, we're comparing like yeah. business cards here. This is like American Psycho. We're com right. comparing business cards. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it really is because it is just a, um, a vanity plate, essentially. Very, very similar. It, yeah. And but, yeah. What it invokes, you know, you got the blah and the pho. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the art. Mm hmm. Speaking of blood farts, <laughs> let's talk about this movie. Uh, yeah, great segue. See, you know what? This is why this works. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we, this week we're talking Men in Black International. This is the F. Gary Graith uh, joint uh, starring uh, a, Fuck you know, uh, just a classic, you know, well, soon to be classic duo. Oh, yes. Hemsworth Thompson. Hemsworth Thompson. You know, we stand, we stand the duo. Um, we're probably going to get it in probably four subsequent Thor movies. Um, there's definitely going to just be a Valkyrie movie or two that is for sure going to have some type of cameo from Thor. So, like, you know, really, we've we're at the infantile stage. Funny enough, this could just be the end of it right here, right? Because it just really has a, a lot of that energy where, man, okay, so if if it is not Taike Watiti or however you say his name, if it's not him writing for these two, then they're genuinely not going to be funny. Are they good oh, actors? Yeah. Tessa Thompson is. Chris Hemsworth, again, he's playing the himbo character. He's playing the Hercules. He's, you know, he's playing that character. And it's just always hard with those characters because it, are they good actors or are they just lovable goofs and you know what i think L lovable goofs could be more innate like just <laughs> who the person is in their dna and it doesn't require as much skill as like evoking something outside of themselves mm -hmm. really being something um you know Obviously, the human emotion ranges uh, that the, the range is massive, and yeah, I think as an actor, being able to play characters or even just show emotions through certain characters that give you a whole host of things that people could feel on a daily basis, on a yearly basis, and in life. Mm -hmm. I just don't know if Chris Hemsworth is ever going to be at the, is he an actor of that caliber? No, not really. Let's be honest. He's a guy that is fun and he looks good. And you know what? We all like fun, good looking people. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> this is the movies, baby. This is Hollywood. <laughs> this is Hollywood. I, I'm kind of glad that you brought that up. Uh, and it is an interesting point because I was thinking about that as well after I, I watched this movie in terms of Tessa Thompson as well. And I maybe I'll talk about her after, but with Chris Hemsworth, yeah, I was kind of thinking like this is what they were trying to do with with uh, Channing Tatum, I feel like, and what he his run was previous to Chris Hemsworth, I think really is invokes a similar sort of feeling in me about what sure. kind of roles Chris Hemsworth is getting. Um, how he's kind of, I don't know, he doesn't, he hasn't has bled into the drama as much, or maybe I haven't seen as much of the dramatic stuff that he's done as much, but I find him much funnier than Channing Tatum and, and a lot more charming. However, mm. I'm, I would try, I was trying to decide who would, who was like a better generally like dramatic actor and it might be Ch Channing, Channing Tatum. Tatum. And so that kind of makes me think it's like, is, is that does dramatic range really is that 
you know, I, this is maybe a dumb question, but is that necessarily what a good actor makes, you know, or like, a, or maybe not actor, just a good performer, you know, because Chris Hemsworth is a great performer. You know, he's, he's, I think he's, he's great physical humor and comedic timing and everything. And it really does Fair. glaringly show, however, too, it's like he can only do so much with the material that's given to him. Because even with mm -hmm. the span of Thor movies, the way that they played with, his character uh, within that, they found what made him funny within the first one, I think. And I, I, I think that the, well, Kenneth Branagh, I guess, directed that one. And I think he found the points that made him appealing and funny and, and relatable almost how uh, out of, or just fish out of water. He took, they took the fish out of water angle, I think in that, in that first one and whatever with the, the second one, I, people kind of blew over. But I, that one was more self-serious, I think, and not as much of like the having fun with it. And then they made mm -hmm. it a lot more fun with Ragnarok. And, and I think that's where he shines as an actor as well. And if you're going to have him in a leading leading role, I think that that charm and that that charisma and that humor, uh, he is good at. On to, if I, on to Tessa Thompson. Mm. I did, how, how did you feel about her performance in this movie? I think she is a great, great actor. And... At the same time, I, I'm trying to find the best way to put this, but like, I, it was kind of like one note to me a little mm -hmm. bit, or just yeah. a little bit like fidgety, nerd, neurotic sort of, um, sort of character that was kind of just doing these ticks that didn't seem fully realized and kind of just like, I don't know, there's just these tick, these ticks that were that were not fully fleshed out to me as as in, imbued within her character as well. But also to not harp on their performances too much. It's just like the ma material and the stuff that they're trying to put out and everything is kind of just doo doo as as well. So it, it's just it's hard. I, I think what I'm the main point that I think we're both getting at is just that the the disparity between uh, performances highlights the disparity between quality of some of the scripts. Uh, at least well between those two uh, those two actors in this movie and a movie like Ragnarok, which I think is trying to strike a similar tone of like, yeah, of kind of comedic and, and action, comedic action movie, you know? And, and, uh, and I think it's fair to make that comparison. Right. But did you, yeah, did you, and did you like Tessa Thompson's character? I don't want to like harp on someone's performance too much, but, or anything, but I was just kind of like, that ah, was just kind of whatever, whatever. Yeah. And she is, I liked her performance because she adds emotional weight to things that mm -hmm. Chris Hemsworth can't. And it was most apparent in the killing of a completely fucking boring character, which is, these are the things that I really don't like about the movie, is the uh, owner of the club who is old friends with Chris Hemsworth character gets killed. And that is a part, that is, that pushes Chris Hemsworth character H, I believe. Um, yeah, H and H, perfect. Hem Hemsworth H. Okay. Um, so he won't forget. <laughs> right. So that pushes his character to say, okay, the way that I'm doing things is wrong. I can't be so freewheeling I need because people are going to get hurt and then to bear the brunt on this which then is tethered into this emotional weight that he's been holding about the hive and his relationship with Liam Neeson um, but the character of 
the club owner is boring as hell. Like that could have been an opportunity in an in the earlier series where it would have been somebody we knew mm-hmm. who they would have been an actual face character. Not I know, well, no, it, maybe maybe not a face character. Yeah. They, I, I I don't know that I, to each his own. But that person would have been somebody that everybody knows in culture and would be like, oh man, we're losing him. And so because there's such little time spent with that person, like just losing somebody that you know kind of like what if that character was a beloved um i'm trying to think like what if it was um losing who exactly are you talking about the club owner so oh the, right right, the right guy who the guy who had the star thing that powers the whatever which all of that just is so i mean it, it's I, just I a, it's need, a it's a mcguffin it, movie yeah. i mean we'll yeah oh, we'll, for we, sure we can talk about it if we get to the plot but <laughs> yeah it's just that that's all it is but the sorry continue yeah, so in the older movies, it would have been somebody like that. And this mm-hmm. movie does that a lot, where it tries to not be the older movie, which is such a weird thing that I've been thinking about the most, is when you're told a franchise is being remade, which, let's be honest, it's Sony Pictures, that is the business they're in. If, you, if I were to just read off some Sony Pictures, this is this is what you get is they've been involved in the James Bond but they're they do nothing that doesn't have sequels they have mm-hmm. uh James Bond you have uh Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs the Smurfs uh Ghost Rider um Spider-Man Charlie's Angels like they their whole deal is to essentially bankrupt themselves culturally because they continue to just deplete resources without filling up the bucket with fresh water they're just like how many spider-mans can we make because you know apparently just how they run things is like well this worked so we're gonna keep doing it until it stops working until we run it into the ground mm-hmm. and i just over it since they've done it and have so many film franchises i don't get why they haven't quite figured out that people do like, okay. The main point I'm getting at is would I want this movie to be very similar to the original movie or do I want it to be like different in a lot uh, more ways than similar because it's its own thing. It's its own new, whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. And trying to figure out what is the balance there and what do I want? And I, I feel like internet culture would be, is really critical when it does something that is similar to the first and they and it quote doesn't do it right so then the the filmmakers and the industry says okay we can't do that because they'll hate us it needs to be its own thing but then everybody will just shit on it because they're like well it's not as good as the first one Mm -hmm. so you're stuck between a rock and a hard place and i think honestly you should do what works and and continue to do that and then just how about you have the balls to say we're only going to make three of these and we're never going to make another one why does it have to be four of these why does it or some of them you're like we're only going to make two of these and that's going to be it and maybe even consider that being the situation well oh, we're just going to and two at, of least, these and at, at least with those first three, they were, you know, okay, I haven't seen the third one, but it seemed that they were complete stories with within them. I guess this one is as as well with it's but 
there's so many aspects of, of this one in particular that feels like a, it's trying to be a stepping stone to something else. Just the name mm -hmm. itself and what it's trying to do and whatever with all the fucking uh, people trying to build a universe and, and everything and your, yeah. your great points about uh, them franchise building just like put that completely in check for me of what this movie what this movie is or already had that in my mind as far as just like yeah the ghost the ghostbusters thing they were trying to do as well what were they calling that like corp or ink or something like that and they were trying to make like different ghostbuster like factions sort of like pretty much exactly like this and that fucked up and so ghostbusters are trying again with like what you're saying is the new new ghostbusters thing it looks like they tried to make it bigger and better, like they're trying to do with this Men in Black International. That fucked up. And so now with Ghostbusters, they're trying to go back to what maybe even a more stripped down version of what the first one even was, where it's like kids and it's like more like a Spielberg sort of 80s thing. Like, I don't know. I know the Stranger Things kid, I, I think, is in it. So maybe that's why is. I'm thinking yeah, that. It's but called it's, yeah, and it's yeah. I don't know, it's and just it, like and that. it's a it's, reboot. That, yeah, it's, that's it's a reboot. more in line with, yeah, and it's more like rebooting it. And that's more in line with what I think that what a men in black hearkening back to the first one might be where it's kind of gritty and, and more stripped down, but it's so clear that that's what they're setting up here, that it, it detracts from anything being like a complete picture. And then it makes you feel kind of hung dry as an, as an audience member. Yeah, absolutely. And you're, just buying, yeah, you're, you're buying into something rather than like in experiencing a full, feature you know right absolutely you're, getting, you're like getting buying the ticket for the beginnings of of the next phase of whatever the fuck this is and um yeah i think that's an excellent question and an excellent point because i was trying I, yeah definitely trying to think about that as well it was like i think in my mind naturally and maybe you know i don't want to be like oh things were better back then or like oh why didn't they just do the original again because you don't want that you want a fresh take but yeah, there's something that was so cool about the gritty underworld nature of the first Men in Black. And while there was like that sort of element in, in this one, it it was a lot more, I don't know, it just felt more like all the futuristic stuff was more on display than the grittier sort of real world nature of having aliens in, in the real world and all that stuff. Um, but at the yeah, same time, absolutely. they ramped it up for the past three movies as well. So rather than them trying to do something like any of the past ones, they're just continuing on from the past three that they've already done. Cause this was not too long after men in black three. So it's just, it's just a continuation with a new cast. And you know, it's like, I'm sure it's like, yeah, we'll bring Will Smith back in the second or third one or whatever, you know, if we, if we want to, but it's just, and well, yeah, I, I don't think it's necessarily you know a bad idea, you know? I don't know. It's the international thing is not necessarily a bad idea. It's just in the it's shroud. It's in the shroud of all this other bullshit that's already happening like this sort of thing that it detracts from the main story going on, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I want to get to the Will Smith of this because that's really the heart of what it is a glaring reason why one works and what one doesn't there we're we're going to talk about the other reasons why it doesn't work but that to me is like it really shows you the missing element of will smith in this yeah. new one and, and there's no will smith adjacent in this because both tessa thompson and chris hemsworth are not nearly as and the tommy lee jones yeah right That's missing the deadpan's missing as well the, uh, finish, thompson, finish your point sorry 
Yeah, Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth are too similar. Mm -hmm. And there's not enough of a stark contrast between the two where it makes their dynamic really like because. Okay, so Chris Hemsworth will boulder into a situation just wanting to, uh, with a good heart, want to solve the problem, but not solve it in a way that is, you know, uh, that's safe, right? Well, Tessa Thompson is on, really wants to be an MIB agent. So she's on board with whatever he's going to do because he is the superior agent in this. So you just, you're watching somebody who is pretty into what like there's no contrast there's no jokes about like you know will smith would be like oh we should just shoot this guy and then tommy lee jones being like you right. can't just shoot no this back guy. and forth yeah right you can't just shoot him or i mean their dynamic is so much more complex than that simply because there's just always a situation where he is the far better agent and Will Smith has so much heart and potential that he just does things clearly differently than him right now. So the progression that we've seen is Will Smith being completely loose cannon to being an incredibly competent but agent, even though he still has maintained his, you know, his yeah. uh, uniqueness. Yeah, he and can there's still just, be a loose loose cannon here here and there if 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 need be. Yeah. Absolutely, and there's there's none of that really between our two um, our two leads in this movie. But well, I'm trying okay, to the, so the, it's like the dynamic is yeah, she's a recruit, and it's almost I'm trying to think of another example that it would be like, and the closest thing I could think of is almost like Training Day or, mm -hmm. or something. But you know, if Chris Hemsworth was actually, and I thought maybe that might have been so he was like infected with the hive or something, maybe he would turn out to be hive by the end or some shit like that, maybe. Some that would have like been that, that would have been too ballsy of, of them to do because they want to keep they want to keep Hemsworth so or whatever. But it was like, oh, you've changed, you you changed and and everything. But uh, that dynamic had no follow through because he was just incompetent because he was missing a chunk of his fucking brain. And that didn't really have much of a payoff. It was just like, oh, well, you've just been kind of incompetent. Like you were already kind of like loose cannon as it was. And now you've just been kind of a dumb, like sort of apathetic, sleepy sort yeah. of version of that. And without explanation until until the end, which is like, oh yeah, okay. Like you just, you don't fully remember, which with, I guess within the circumstances, had, could have had maybe a bit more, bit more of a payoff. We, uh, yeah, I'm jumping ahead, yeah. but that uh, his just that dynamic is more what we're talking about. And I just, she was the one that wanted to follow the rules, and he was the more wild card. And what was offsetting that for me as well was like, how does she know so much? Yeah, exactly. She well, knew a little too much about everything. Like, I get that she's been passionate about it for this long. But right. like, I don't know, she's been living in, in New York uh, for her whole life and, and working at like a call agency. She doesn't seem like she gets out, out much. And like yeah. on the day to day in New York, I'm sure you see a lot of different aliens, all this, all this sort of stuff and everything you're able to, to track it. But like her knowledge going through that, that dynamic kind of put her in the place of being the newcomer learning while also having to teach him and then it just made him further banal and 
kind of useless and really just like a piece of me. His main attribute was his attractiveness in this movie. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. him, just just him him being a hunk was like called upon a lot for him to to use. Yeah, which is an interesting regressive image move. Like, you know, when we're talking about empowering cultures, empowering people, like, yeah, it is such a weird regressive move to just have him be, yeah, his, def one of his defining characteristics is how good he looks. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I think there's some, something wrong there, but that's so far from the And problem. then it just further shows that he's <laughs> able to get away with a lot of this stuff. I know that he's saved. He's one of the best agents. That's what, that's what they keep saying. But they're also, yeah, it's just mm. like, oh, he looks so, but he looks so good. I'm going to yeah. re reverse time just to watch him walk by again. I'm an alien with the ability, ability to time travel. And I'm going to use it just to watch him walk past me <laughs> one more time. Do you remember that? Yeah. When like she, kind of. he's just like, he's what, and then there's the Tessa Thompson sitting next to this alien and he's walking by and he smiles and then the alien reverses time and does another uh, replay <laughs> in slow-mo. And I was like, wow, that was just a, like a, a time traveling yeah. fucking alien. <laughs> how, how does that affect things? Man, I was almost like, maybe she'll come back later. Cause that's, that's a pretty <laughs> big deal. <laughs> we need that one. Then. And she's just like, no, I just use it for, for objectifying men. Cause that's, yeah, that's cool. That's cool to, to do now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, whatever. I I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get all bent out of shape about it, but it is interesting. You know, like that's just, that was just like whatever sort of, uh, a big, big part of his, his thing. And it was, uh, I mean, it's also, it's like James I mean, Bond is one thing, but yeah, it's like, right. It was almost like they I mean, were. That's how people talk about him as well, though, when, especially uh -huh. in a movie like this, because I think anybody who's seen this movie is going to have a similar opinion where they're going to say the plot was kind of confusing and whatever. And there wasn't a lot of interesting or funny aliens. Um, so I'm enjoying these two actors together because they do have. Do they have good chemistry? That's I what, think that's what do. this movie's built upon. I, I think, yeah, and I, I think, think honestly, I think it's it's pretty it's pretty great chemistry, and yeah, and furthermore, I think it's almost like the only reason this movie is like somewhat watchable. But however, yeah, that being said, I do think it entitles some of the making of this movie to be a little lazy in a weird way. Like, I feel like, oh, it's like, oh, we'll just have, have them say something like a little back and forth between each other because they already got it figured out. And also just the general production of, of this movie and everything you said, you know, I yeah, I don't know much about Sony, I, I guess, but like that casting is such like a, oh, that's like, I don't know. It just it doesn't, it's not organically thought of by whoever casted this movie. It's just like, oh, I saw Ragnarok. They work well together. Let's get them in, mm. in our movie too, <laughs> you know? And like, whatever. I mean, it's, it is what it is, but it, it just also speaks to how this movie was kind of put together. I feel like it's like, we're trying to start this machine or start this bigger thing. And who's hot shit right now? Let's put them in it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there definitely um, is such a business 
vibe to this movie. This all of these decisions are done by the numbers, mm -hmm. and um, unfortunately, just the combination since it has no soul it doesn't work. You know, it's yeah. just a it's a a shiny product. It's a roller coaster ride. Um, it's but it's just. Uh, Overall, it's uninteresting. It doesn't have like a roller coaster. There's not a, a gimmick where you're hanging, you know, you're uh, suspended, you're going in reverse. There's nothing, there's nothing unique really, or nothing unique enough that stands out about this movie that makes it memorable. So much of this movie, I guess Pawnee is the most memorable, Dude, you know. Fuck Pawnee. <laughs> oh, fuck Pawnee! I hate Pawnee! I want everyone to know! I fucking hate you, fucking Pawnee. Oh, people fuck are going to be pissed about oh that. That's God. a hot take. Because I huh? think, I think people will like Pawnee just because that's the, his sole reason for being there is to just be, I don't know, to be... Um, turned into this cute thing that everybody pawns over or fawns over. Yeah, I'm sure that's what they would have wanted, Brandon. I'm sure they would have loved that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but no, I did not find really, I, don't, I can't think of a funny thing he fucking said. It was a lot of like the, the sort of shit where it's just like something funny would happen and he'd be over on the side and be like, oh, that just happened. Yeah, exactly. And I yeah, guess I, I I'm think here he, for that. Or it's like, oh, that was weird. So you, and you yeah. offer fucking nothing and you're like the easiest thing for them to superimpose into any sort of image because you're tiny, weightless sort of shit that can just jump around on whatever else is happening. <laughs> just, I I don't know. And I guess he had the arc at the end where he, he saved. I was grateful. I was so grateful that he had something to offer at the end and he saved. Uh, the yeah, huge his, save. His, my queen, Tessa Thompson. And uh, her, her, what was her letter? Uh... M M yeah, uh, and I'm glad it, I'm glad I had that apart. And then like he had other instances. I feel like of just being able to provide a distraction for them to do their thing. And I don't know, they just needed something small and travel size to to pull out when they needed to do something and to make a joke. And that was just, ugh, I was such an eye roll for me every single time I saw it. And there's like a lot of humor in these kind of movies that it reminded me of a lot of, yeah, honestly, we, we spoke of Ghostbusters, but it reminded me a lot of the Ghostbusters humor that yep. it was just kind of like, it's like, oh, well we brought funny people in. We were doing this action movie and we brought funny people in to be, to do the funny things. So let's just have them do funny things day of and just improvise, improvise something within the script. And a lot of times it just comes off as like lazy and Jurassic Park, Jurassic World 2 had these like kids that were saying a lot of these jokes too and in the midst of all this like action and, and wild shit happening and it it I don't know it's uh there's a there's a place for it because yeah Will Smith in the first one man all that there's a lot of crazy shit happening happening there too but uh it 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 brings you back down to earth when he when he has a soul when it's like this little Pawnee figure thing I'm sorry you got me all heated about Pawnee how do you, so you enjoy I mean, Pawnee? I, I mean, the thing is, he's the most, this is saying a lot, but he's the most funny person in the movie. Yeah. And I, I do agree. And I, I definitely agree with you that I, I really can't stand is when a 
a funny character says how funny something is. <laughs> it, it's the lamest joke ever to just be like, isn't it? And I, it is so incredibly prominent amongst young children. They do this all the time. They think that it's an easy way for them to have make a joke yeah. is to say isn't this funny all the time. yeah my niece is, is on that kick right now must Absolutely. be car- cartoons or something or just uh can't believe that happened can't believe that happened and that's in itself is so funny. get a load of it's this not. you know what you know what's funny saying funny things uh it, okay so one that's what i tell my right niece here. i'm like yeah you're not funny so, that's not funny yeah you don't have right like Ha ha! Real, real, real good. Yeah, good one. Whatever. Boo, boo! <laughs> Get off the stage. That's what I tell her. Yes. No, absolutely. As <laughs> as well as you should. You know. Yeah. You gotta. You, you, She's six, and I'm like, you suck. You suck. No funny. <laughs> Not funny. <laughs> funny. Should right, we, we should refrain <laughs> from poor poor Mileni. We should re, we should refrain from him right now. Yeah. Uh, Unexpected, Melania. So, one thing that I want to that you brought up that I want to say is that so Will Smith, man, my God, I, I bring okay. up a lot. My my bad. That's I. It's okay. You need to just interrupt me more now. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, one thing that you said about the um, ad lib or coming on set and mm-hmm. not the script itself not being funny so then they give a lot of freedom to the actor or to after be the fact funny. with Pawnee, like do they know what Pawnee's gonna say i don't know it just seems like that's kind of just spliced in as well oh for sure yeah it's very yeah uh but will smith ad-libbed a lot on on men in black and it fucking works and i think that's Who's that first one i love that first one. Oh yeah and that just goes to show you, like, it is really difficult to make that work, to just come up and just be so charming, yes. be so funny and charismatic. And it's really fucking difficult to do. And it's not really fair to put it on actors to fill in the gaps mm-hmm. or to fill in stuff. It should be, how about you write really funny stuff? And then if they get so inspired by how funny it is, then, yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, you want to do takes? You want to say some stuff about this? Okay, fine. Sure. But how about you start with funny shit and then we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. And or it's got to be it's got to be situational or something or not. Or if it is situational, the comment can't be something that's just observing that and commenting like I don't know. It's just so exactly. it's so passive to me rather than than an active active comedic voice within the situation. It's just a, another person being the audience being like, "Wow, look at that happening." Exactly. Right. I don't, I don't, yeah. You're just, you're preying on the fact that, yeah, I do love to laugh together with people. Yes, I understand that that it triggers something in me. But you know what? I also like to laugh at funny stuff. And how about you just make funny shit? And well, and a big thing Jesus. too. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't mean to. Dude, you should write a Rotten Tomatoes review right now saying just yeah. write funny shit, man. Write but funny shit. But the thing is, you with, know who the, with these, yeah. like, these kind of movies is they present a lot of tonal shifts that have to be handled very delicately or like with the deft hands uh, or somebody that that knows how to, how those shifts are going to take place within the movie. And a lot of these things seem to be 
worried about after the fact. And I like when you when you look at like Ragnarok or something like that, Taika Waititi, I think his voice is throughout that movie. Oh and my when God, you have yeah. characters that are kind of similar, like their characters are pretty similar in that movie too. Hulk and Chris Hemsworth or like in Thor are kind of similar too. Um, they or like they kind of they have their moments or whatever and, and they kind of foil each other but the difference is all of those characters are speaking Taika Waititi language and <laughs> and they're and he knows when to draw in the wholesome sort of uh, emotional content that's going to make you care about the characters and when to move on to something that's funny or when to move on to, to something that's uh, a set piece or or even having the action influence the humor in a way too, you know, that's, that's all the, these are all the things that I think that this movie was trying to do. I, I, I think, and mm-hmm. it's oh, just those, those characters coming in, in contact with each other again. And then in the comparison of, of Ragnarok, I, I, I think just further points out the, the voices being behind this movie and, I don't know. And it's like shit. Well, let's talk shit. about the voices. Let's talk about the voices behind this movie real quick, then. Yeah. Just uh, to, to provide some context. So this was a writing duo. Their first credit, um, major credit. I'm sure they maybe written, but just were unaccredited. Uh, was Iron Man the very first Iron Man? Really? Uh huh. Yeah. So it's a fav- that kind Favreau of, piece. A Favreau piece. Uh, and yeah, I mean that was an incredibly successful movie that spawned huge. Um, yeah, huge. really was the uh, setting the foundation for a long-running uh, ecosystem, world, universe uh, series of films. And so, getting these uh, these two dudes into this movie is another. The numbers here say yes. Right. This calculated. is a good. All of this is this so is, calculated. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if we talked particularly on this, this podcast, but uh, um, just that stuff can is more often than not sucks. What is even if it, a movie is bad, it is so much more enjoyable for it to be a unique perspective, usually singular perspective mm-hmm. that fresh wanted to a of wanting to accomplish a story and tell something to people and whether they did a good job doing that or not sometimes it doesn't matter because the perspective and voice is so strong and unique that you know what yeah this movie looked like shit looked like shit but at least they took some big swings because this is what they wanted to say Mm -hmm. Uh, what this movie seems like is they came up with the title and worked backwards it's like for sure. the producers were like, this is what we want. We want international. We want across the globe, globe trotting sort of thing. Think James, write, James Bond, yeah. but with aliens. Write a movie that caters to all of these thing, checklists of things that we want to have in the movie and then cater the script to have all of those things and then leave that little bit at the end or whatever, a little like basically and this was a real bummer to me. It was is Emma Thompson? That that's her name, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I we got two love, I love Emma Thompson. This was a huge bummer to me is that she was just not in this movie enough. But her main role was just that little tease of like, there's something bigger going on here, and this is part of like an, a bigger uh, international thing of like 
all these different agents across the world. It's just like this, again, that even that ellipsis on this whole idea of the movie is so vague in general mm -hmm. that it entices no, no interest for me because it's like, it's already uh, embodied within the title and the whole movie itself is like, oh yeah, there could be any of that sort of thing. But her character herself was just, a rem at least a, the beginning was a good scene. I thought with, with her, she was cool in the first scene, but then that last scene was just kind of like that little b button on the end of this, uh, this movie was just kind of like, yeah, I'll, I'm gonna keep having more missions for you to go on and, and all this stuff. and. Um, that was a bummer that that was just like her only kind of purpose was to kind of have only those those two things because again what I I don't we talked about Will Smith but I thought this movie was also missing that sort of deadpan sort of nature of someone who's been through the shit who knows everything and is not putting up with some hothead or something like that and you know you don't maybe you don't want the same dynamic as Men in Black you don't need another like um that sort of deadpan guy like the or a good cop bad cop or some like guy that's training the the rookie or something like that but just that humor of like either rip torn or tommy lee jones or something that's just sort of like this guy knows knows it all and uh i thought emma thompson was going to be more the liam neeson sort of thing and i get that sort of you know like misdirect with Liam Neeson being being bad at the end kind Which of I hated that played that out in its own way or whatever but but then Liam Neeson just I don't know that was a character that didn't really matter to me at all anyways either at, at the end or it was just yep. all those things were just talked about as far as the hive and it was just talked about talked about oh the hive the hive and like in the past and between him and Chris Hemsworth but I didn't get any, a good enough representation representation for that to matter if there was some flashback that they could serve me that would make me care Absolutely. a little bit more about that like a little bit more Great vision point. besides just a painting because I I didn't I didn't care about the fucking hive because I didn't get a visual yeah. on that I didn't give two shits about the the good the time when the relationship was good between Liam Neeson and Chris Hemsworth maybe at the very beginning there was a snippet but like Excellent. there was just uh there was nothing that really served that to know who chris, and even to know who chris hemsworth was before he got neuralized and all these things were just talked about in in happenstance and everything this is a different point than i was really originally trying to make but um yeah that it just there was nothing making me care about any of these uh people as much as i i did about Tommy Lee Jones and and Will Smith and and even you know when they like had a hard heart like Tommy Lee Jones you know he had a had a wife or something and what was that soft side for Chris Hemsworth that was like showing that he had a heart I don't I don't know it's just it just showed that he was kind of just like horny and he and no I'm sorry now he's just he's just uh, he, whatever I'm I'm not gonna. The only reason I judge that is because that was just such a big part of his character, and it just he doesn't, didn't, yeah. didn't serve anything besides just to like be a plot plot point. But anyways, yeah, like I just the the deadpan of Tommy Lee Jones and, and some sort of like thing with Emma Thompson being more in charge. I think I would have like enjoyed that <laughs> a lot a lot more. She's she's so great, and uh, and yeah, but the the uh, entire body of cast in the same way that Taika Waititi spoke through Ragnarok and, and a lot of those characters and this one it just seems so uh, board 
room meeting sort of pitch, sort of like how things kind of have to carry on to serve the the script and and, and everything. But um, yeah, absolutely. And it it's kind of surprising to me that there wasn't more heart in this movie because I don't know. There's F. Gary Gray. He um, he directed one of your favorite movies, The Italian Job. Um, <laughs> sure, I love that. that. Yeah, that's a fun movie. That's a really fun movie, and that's got a lot of characters in it, and they all have like a kind of a lot going on, and each one has everyone their has own. a thing, yeah. Everybody has their thing. He also did Straight Out of Compton, which is another wow. example of like a lot of characters that have a lot going on, and it was so surprising how little anybody had going on in this movie. Mm. Every it's such an excellent point, really opened my eyes. The point you made about like we never got a flashback, or we never got a scene where uh, Chris Hemsworth and Liam Neeson were really doing stuff together. Sure, it that was would talked have been about a lot by everybody. But, yeah. By that fucking painting, too. It's like, yeah, this black blob and then two dudes just, <laughs> I don't know. It's like uh, holding stuff or waving their hands. I don't know. Because um, that's, yeah, that's what they would do in London, I guess. <laughs> They'd have some stuffy painting up or some shit. <laughs> yeah, right. That's these fucking um, Londoners. Um, yeah, so I'm just, it's really surprising that this movie didn't have heart because who was directing it. So it just, again, it makes me, it, it kind of, things go back to, I really think uh, this movie was made with, I don't, I'm here because I'm getting paid to be here energy. And everybody is running through the paces, doing, you know, Agreed. doing a, serviceable job to get from point A to point B and then the movie wraps up and it and goes it just, one ear and out the other. Absolutely, dude. I couldn't agree more. It's, it really feels like they're acting with tennis balls. Absolutely. Like there's, like, there's I, no we, like, I don't know, or maybe I guess it's someone in a green screen suit or something, but yeah, it just, it going through the motions, it's, it hits home for me, absolutely. Yeah, and um, he also directed The Fate of the Furious, which is the oh. Fast and the Furious that has geni- like some real, like Vin Diesel actually does a, with his, an yeah, emotional performance. Yeah, the performance whole part with Charlie Theron like kills yeah. baby mom <laughs> exactly. in front of him, in front of the kid and everything too, right? Yeah, or, or, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, totally. Well, yeah, uh, I don't know. It's, so he, this this kind of had energy of like the later the latter pirates sequels as well absolutely we're just we're still doing these like we're this was that first one was cool and so like anybody who loves to be in this world just like come back and that's the thing it's like there are elements of this world that are fun and and cool like in a way that you could have flourishes within it and i would be okay with it if it didn't even serve the plot it's just like this sort of thing, like, oh, look at that alien back there. Or like, oh, this one's doing that thing. Or like, oh, I guess Ariana Grande is an alien. Oh, that's so, that's funny. And it's just <sighs> like, whatever, like you can do, there's yeah. ways of doing that that are are fun to me of being in the world. But it also feels weird kind of, yeah, like stepping into the world when you, this has been around for so long and they do treat it like a shiny new toy of like wanting, or it's not it's not even that it's just like classic one-upmanship of just kind of like hey you remember we had the car now we got a train 
that like completely changes all over and like turns into this chrome like crazy looking thing and it doesn't even the physics don't even fucking make sense but it i it launches across the world and everything and it has all these different uh connections and yeah the i i think that's where i the same tussle that i have in my mind is like is this what i want or do i want something more stripped down because i I could picture that being the case of like, yeah, sure. Like, why not? Why wouldn't they have all like a fucking underground subway sort of thing? But there's something about it. I'll keep going back to the first one because that one was so good. But it, those things were kind of alluded to or you could tell like those things might be going on. And this one, it just seems a lot more like, let's do it all. Let's show it all. Let's let's really get into like all the possibilities of this world instead of like kind of like a little bit more of the limitations but i i remember the second one being kind of that that case as well i think there was a big subway battle on that one with a worm and, and all these things and i remember that was like a lot and it's a classic case of all the pirates movies too or it's just kind of one-upping the thing and the previous movie and i i know like those later ones they were writing the script on the on the day and on on set because at least that second and third i know for sure the third one at world's end or whatever and that movie is fucking gobbledygook as well and some of these later like terminator movies as well and these franchises where it's just like these universe and if you are going to play with the previous canon and everything like that it, it can get a little tricky so yeah i don't know i th it seems like there's a possibility of this being like a good idea <laughs> but it's just done yeah. in such like uh I don't know, sort of, I don't know if I say cynical or just sort of just like, like you were saying, like uh, going through the motions sort of way of just like, they knew they're like, they, it almost like, yeah, it's going to be successful. Just do it. Like, it's easy. Like, this is the easiest move. Like, why, why the Bingo. fuck not? Wouldn't we do this with men in black? Like, okay. Like, oh, everyone's doing a universe. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Uh, men in black. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's fucking do that. Oh, we got, uh, we got Venom. Oh, we'll do some Venom shit. Okay. Oh, they're doing Spider-Man stuff. Whatever. We got Venom. We're going to do Venom stuff. I don't know. Are they doing Venom? Yep. Oh, yeah. There's a Venom 2. Venom 2. We're going to have our own Venomverse. <laughs> yep. We're going to have a Venomverse because that's <laughs> what we want, apparently. Because people just, like Venom. Yeah, watching movies like this and, uh, you know, just my overall malaise of superhero movies in general, like, it makes me really mad at other people, which is not something that I should, you know, it's probably not good for my health, but it just why I'm mad at other people is because the reason these movies get made is because people go to see them and like this wouldn't we wouldn't okay mind you we just watched this but we watched this for a particular reason i wasn't going to watch this outside of doing you know you know trying to commit ourselves to doing this which we are uncovering something really yeah the I think only reason i watched this was because i was on a plane and i stopped halfway through on the plane i got bored on a fucking plane watching this movie there's like nothing else to do but to watch movies and i got exactly am i am i interrupting your point um no to continue well, sorry the um oh shit what was the point i'm sorry no no it's okay um continue damn it i'm sorry i gotta chill out no, it's, but i was just gonna say okay. like there's a point where this movie comes to a screeching fucking halt mm -hmm. and you can just turn it off and your life would be better and it's when they land in the fucking desert Yep. And here's, okay, here's a prime. Please let me know if you come up with your point again. I need to calm down. 
I had coffee. No, people. no. I had coffee. Um, I hate Bonnie. I hate Bonnie. Um, but they fucking crash land in the desert, and it's like that. Okay, so that's when I bowed out of this movie on the plane, and I and I was better for it. Here's a situation where it's like, okay, well, I'll finish this movie. Maybe it gets better. And I completely remember why I bowed out. Because there's this prime opportunity for them to have fucking character development and to and for them to like find out more about each other and either find out they're similar or different or like have Absolutely. something that's like gonna be brought up later. Like there's such a prime opportunity to have a moment where like, hey, remember that time in the desert? That thing we talked about? Yeah. Well, that's coming into play now because I love you or something, or like we're good or like partners and I, I don't know I just anything and and there was nothing that happened in that fucking desert scene there was there was nothing dude they they like just kind of like they just, they said, just fixed the thing express kind of like who they were what the audience already knew about them to each other yep. in, in a sort of way and then anytime they got kind of close Pawnee would make some fucking one liner that had no reason to be there or just no contribution to to anything so yeah i don't know if you've ever seen this movie like just if you get to that desert scene i would not blame you if you just if you just flick that switch you and then you, mm -hmm. you even find out what the what the MacGuffin is it's like this of course of course what is it brandon it's a world ending device it's a fucking device. laser beam or some shit you know and it's like mm -hmm. that that's when you turn off as well because it's like oh this has like implications of being something what is this weird little talisman of, of unknown power that this guy dropped in my hand? Oh, it's just like a beam of fucking world ending energy. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Like it could have just been that, but no, you had to make it like something else. Cause you knew that would have been fucking boring. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just railing on this movie now. It's just like, no, no. I mean, like I, I can things. Absolutely. And it makes me think too of the frustrating, like, aspect. Uh, okay, this is very similar to my gripe about um, the uh, club or Chris Hemsworth's friend, alien friend that dies. Mm -hmm. The the duo, the twins that are the uh, ostensibly the villain till the fourth act mm -hmm. don't talk. No. that in itself super fucking uninteresting mm -hmm. really fucking boring oh great we just get to see these two stoic people you know pop in the movie here and there not mysteriously they just they present themselves pretty clearly and then do they say anything no there's never any conversation with mm -hmm. them and it's just uh, oh great okay so we just have a really fucking boring uh villain and they're yeah, you know that yeah. somebody you know that there's somebody working with them so that kind of strings you along to say like oh, okay well a mole, right yeah, yeah they're, so they're just the hands they're the they're the ones doing the the grunt work good because these characters are fucking boring and I don't want to find out more anything more about them um yeah and we we find us as audience members find out about what is going on before the characters do. So we're ahead of the movie and then we're watching the movie catch up to what we know. Yeah. And then that's never fun. <laughs> I mean, maybe not never. I think there might be some movies where you're like, where, Oh, that's an interesting thought experiment. Well, well, it's what, like, it's what, like what, what is a movie where, you know, you know, the secret. Oh, 
Knives Out, great example. You know this. Yeah, it's like a movie that's like fully know this. It's like an espionage sort of thing. Like I don't know, like from Russia with Love or something. It's Mm -hmm. it's like you know that Red Grant's following Sean Connery, and Sean Connery thinks he's trying to kill him the whole time, but he's actually like trying to keep him alive, and and like make him like go through it through his mission and everything, and watching that play out while certain what characters know what what characters don't, and. The problem with this is this completely hinges on just the, the mole. That's the only thing. There's no other like, because I, I I don't know, you know, weird movie to relate it to, but that has a MacGuffin as well, the le- the lector machine or whatever, and then mm-hmm. it's it's just like this sort of globe trotting sort of thing as well, and it reminds me of a James Bond movie like in, in certain senses, but it's just uninteresting, and um, there's the the villains themselves are just. Yeah, they just look stoically. I th- I guess in their mind they're thinking of like, let's we want some These actual so people cool. that aren't just like aliens. We like we're gonna have a lot of CG aliens and a lot of stuff that's that's not real. Like let's get maybe someone who is a real person that I, like uh, Vincent D'Onofrio in the first one, and I in the second one they had had that lady that the alien turned into. So I, I think that's a thing that they like that they like to do, and it makes sense. Like on paper that you would want to have some sort of face that would uh, represent um, the villain, but the face is just like a, a, a blank stare and they don't express any sort of sort of thing that makes you think think more about it besides just like, oh yeah, they're bad. They're looking bad and they're doing bad things. And they, they hired him because they got cool, like weird dance moves that makes them look like alien or something like that uh which is an idea to go go that direction but the weight is taken out of it throughout the whole thrust of the movie and um i don't know i and i i like i guess like liam neeson being the having that turn trying to it's like liam neeson like you you trust him and maybe that helps a little bit. It's like, oh, well, it wouldn't, maybe it wouldn't be him because it's Liam Neeson and like, he can't be the bad guy. Like he's usually like a good guy or whatever, but I don't know. It just like didn't matter to me by the point that that it got there. And they were laying so heavily into C being the mole that it seems like there's no way that it could be him. <laughs> Even though that he was like expressing it the whole time and it's like, I mean, it's like, yeah, I guess it'd be weird if it wasn't, but also, like, you guys... I don't fucking like this guy anyway, so it's like, yeah, it's fine if it was him, because you know what? Fuck that guy. Oh, great. You know, such a a great character where he's just a a prick the whole time. Yeah. Why do I want him to be successful in his mission? He's an asshole. And it's not to the point where like he's like great C one at the end. Oh, man, I'm so so happy that that happened. Yeah. Oh God. So we lost Liam Neeson but gained Ralph Spell. Oh, what a what a sick trade off we got there. Yeah, his one (laughs) redeeming thing was his little smile at the end. That was the one redeeming thing of 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 C of C the character of of enduring a movie full of him being a fucking like Randall from Monsters Inc or some shit. And it's like he didn't have even the full like whatever what is it like bookworm or just like kind of like yeah sort of just what was, he, what was 
special just, ability other than being an asshole? He's just an ass needle dick. I don't know. I just that came to my mind. He's, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I don't know yes. why he just came to my. It was a what is that water boy? Needle dick. Needle dick. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. Like, but it's just he's like fuck. What to what end? You know. And I guess it's just the misdirect. They just want that misdirect so much for this espionage laden movie that is trying to misdirect you at at every turn and and everything, but. Uh, that back and forth between him and Hemsworth, to me, it more seemed like, you know what, dude? Yeah, you're fucking bad at your job, H. Like it's, this guy may be an asshole and he, but he's a, he's speaking the truth. He's doing it in a very like asshole sort of way, but he's fucking right. And you should be on time to the meeting and you should not sleep at your desk. And you should, who cares what you did with the hive years ago? Like fucking like get your, get your shit together. And like, even like all the shit with Liam Meeson being like, you've changed, you've changed. It's like, wait, so that was the hive being like, yeah. you need to get back to where you were. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like this how early does he sucks. change? Or it's just like, it's just like at what, it's just up to them at what point they wanted the misdirect. Cause you am sure like, not that I ever fucking watched this movie again, but it's like, what's Liam Meeson's gain or game earlier on? I don't know. It just, had he known that that bag, like, I guess, did he know the club owner was carrying that world ending device? Was he the hive by that point? Like, who knows? Because there was Let's no. Let's consult with the painting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> painting. You know, the painting should have fucking turned into something. This should the painting should have fucking moved like Harry Potter world or something like and been like, oh, oh it's not an ordinary that. painting. It's like in the Men in Black paint painting where it like opens up and yeah, the full it's story. a memory. Yeah, yeah, it's a representation of a memory. Okay, here's the memory. This is this is what these people were like before this happened. So now you can see why Liam Neeson is being weird. Because at this point, we're just like, yeah, I guess. I mean, Liam Neeson's a stoic guy. Yeah. And how okay. do we not have a record of just like? of any sort of fucking, uh, what do you, what do you call it? Report on what the happened with the hive with him and him with Hemsworth <laughs> yeah. and Liam Neeson. It's like, everybody has this story. That's two sentences long of like, you face the hive with nothing, but his trusty fucking whatever. And yeah, right. that's the story that everyone tells each other. And Tessa Thompson has to come in and be like, wait, no, can I ask a second question? Cause no one has in this like very, secretive organization that has to be by the books or else the, they'll be found out. Ah. Just, how are, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand how certain things are, are worse in this movie. Even like the fucking pug talking, like the dog talking somehow like didn't look that good. No, nope. it was only for like a second. Frank, right? Yeah. I think it was still Frank. Like when she, she came into the men in black world and, yeah, I, I just, I, I find myself like wanting, and that's the thing, it's like, I wanted to enjoy this movie. I think like, especially going around the second time, I was like, maybe I wasn't in the mood, maybe it wasn't, the plane wasn't the right place or whatever, but then right when I got to fucking Pawnee and landed in the desert, it's like, oh, oh great. We're in the desert and I got a Pawnee. And they're yeah. just gonna shoot the shit and, and that's gonna be the, the rest of the movie is we're gonna have Pawnee in every scene, just dropping one-liners via like a la Rob Schneider from like fucking Judge Dredd or some shit where it's like, not that that would be a good movie without Rob Schneider, but it's just that's the kind of character that it reminded me of, of just like, 
we need more comedy. We need more comedy in this movie. Let's get some character to to be like the comic relief of the scene that of this movie that already has two actors that we meant to be comedic. But uh, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say so. Uh, one of the funnier people, and I think, or at least one of the more interesting characters, like he was funny to a degree, was the guy that had no like chin, but it was like this weirdo alien be- beard. Yeah, beard. <laughs> that that was a genuinely interesting character that was like supposed to be in that movie and understood that movie. I was curious and about that, that symbiotic relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. But that's what you want out of this movie right. is you want to have those thoughts of like, yeah, I wonder what that would be like on a day-to-day basis yeah. because you're, you're, you're the men in black. A part of it is presenting aliens in normal jobs, mm-hmm. which is so just like, like kind of a people. regular everyday people. So that's like a fun thought experiment that's inherently built in to this series that, yeah, like that character in particular was like, was great. I just, you know, man, it just now I'm thinking about the other aliens. How fucking convenient and bullshitty was that the alien that Tessa Thompson? Oh my god, dude. In the beginning oh became the bodyguard. God. Oh my Ugh. god. I wanted to just fucking turn it off right then. Yeah, and I, know, I was man. like, dude, fuck you. And they even movie. had to have the flashback at that moment as if we didn't fucking remember. <laughs> You can't give us a goddamn flashback of Liam Neeson and Chris Hemsworth, but we get fucking th- three or four flashbacks oh. to her in her fucking bedroom. It's like, yeah, we get it. That was That's the most another- like deus ex mocking a bullshit I've ever seen in my life. It was just like right at the moment of like, oh, what are they? Where are they going to get out of this one? Yeah, how convenient. I'm actually on your side. <laughs> hey, you know how expand it's international. They aliens from not only is it just in New York. But these aliens come from all over. And we're like, well, obviously yeah. they come from all over, but they land all over as well from all different parts of the world. It's not just in New York and everything. And we're also in like this random remote island and all this shit. Here's this one fucking alien that you met as a baby in this fucking criminal organization working as Which a we didn't even learn where that alien went. That's the thing that... No, there's there no another, middle line, no. There's no middle of it. Which, again, you show us three fucking flashbacks to her in her bedroom, but you don't give us a flashback to, like, what happened to that alien? Did it, the alien get taken away? But it couldn't have in that moment, because you saved it. How did he like, end up the in the criminal organization? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And then a, a point that I want to make real quickly, too, that really hurts the movie is, is that Tessa Thompson has nothing to lose. We've shown her as she. Unfortunately, like what happened to her parents, like her parents don't they got killed, right? Is that the start of it? I don't I can't remember what what the deal is with her parents, but she like doesn't have parents. She's all by herself in the world. And she's it doesn't have any friends because she's been obsessed with the men in black alien people. Yeah, she, I don't know what happened to her to her parents. And so there's like there's not even like in um, the first men in black, Will Smith has to have that conversation with his family, right? Doesn't he, or something along those lines? He has to like 
maybe it has nothing to do with family necessarily, but he, there is a, you know, kind of a montage or whatever of him coming to grips with the fact of if I do this, then my old life is over. And I, I am giving up something to be in this organization. Mm-hmm, right. Tessa Thompson just hundred percent wants to be in the organization. It's not even a question about whether re- she- that's the only reason she's allowed to come into the, uh, to the men in black because she has nothing to lose. That's her, that's her, not only, that's not a bug, that's a feature, Brandon. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Absolutely. Because right at the point of her not being able to, she's like, well, like, why should I bring you in? And then she gives all these reasons. It's like, not, not good enough. I'm a nobody. Or like, what did she say? Like, I, I have no life. (laughs) And yeah, I have no life. And that's like, no problem. And I, I mean, I guess, yeah, like Will Smith, you don't, learn what he has to lose besides just that he's willing to do it. But man, that's, that's my favorite scene of, yeah, that first one, man, that conversation that Tommy Lee Jones, this is a different part of it. Just that Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith at that bench on that first one. It's like, that's such a great example of like the tonal shifts that are possible within a movie like this of like, Mm -hmm. these are the heavy weighty ideas that you're thinking about when you watch this movie and it is about one wonder and like the stuff that you don't see as much as the stuff that you do and makes you look closer kind of like at everyone or whatever is that I remember the magic of that movie especially at the age that I saw it of kind of just like man anyone can be an alien that's so cool to think about and especially when like someone would you know, that first alien they reveal in that first one is like just a dude, hold, like an alien holding a stick. Like the, the alien itself was CG, but then there was this dude's head that was real and everything. And just stuff to think about that. That was fun and, and everything. But that scene at the bench was just like uh, so, mem- so memorable to me because it's it takes someone that deadpan works so well because he's able to tell a deadpan joke while also delivering something that will hit home in a way that you never thought about. Uh, before going right back into uh, being comedic about something. And uh, I, I don't know. It's like, I, I, they, I think they accomplished, I guess, again, with like Liam Meeson, that he's just like willing to be trustworthy, but he provided no humor. And yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll lay off the, the humor stuff, mm-hmm. but that the, the wonder and, and everything of, of this movie was, it just seemed a little bit more like, they wanted to have an adventure and, and a globe trotting experience and show you all these other nooks and crannies of this men in black world that you haven't been able to see before. And we'll get to see everything, but I, I, uh, maybe answer your question to answer your question at the beginning of this, of like, would they want more or less? I think, yeah, I guess less maybe it, or if you're going to, if you're going to do an idea like this, it's just, I don't know. It's gotta have, consistency of of voice like the there's no consistent voice uh within within this movie and i think those are some of the funnier when something can handle those tonal shifts is when it comes from maybe more somebody's somebody's mind i know you say this this guy from iron man it's like what what a movie to have uh the ability to handle those shifts and also Robert Downey Jr., you know, right about to kick off his whole renaissance of, of his career. But maybe it takes something like uh, John Favreau or, or someone to 
to understand the limitations of, of a character like Iron Man, like you can really do anything with Iron Man and, uh, you know, I guess an origins origin story services that sort of, uh, boiled down sort of nature of this, but this was both trying to service as like an origin story for something new while also continuing what was been done in the past. Um, but I uh, didn't find the edge that I kind of wanted that I enjoy from, from this universe a, a little bit more mm-hmm. like the sense of like wonder, but also the sense of being kind of scared. And I know I saw yep. it when I was a child or, or whatever, but uh, yeah, the, there's a, there's a kind of a scary, scary side of it as well. And this seemed more just about just cracking fucking jokes. I don't know. <laughs> and not good ones too. Not good so ones. let's, all right, dude. I, I think, just okay. So I just realized anybody who's listening, I made a big boo boo, and I just want to get it out right there. I've been playing lo-fi beats on low this whole time on this okay. recording, and I'm sorry, but this recording will have some lo-fi beats throughout Sick. the beginning, and they are very low. So this will be like an easy jam sort of listening. I just turned it <laughs> off. If anyone anyone noticed, they were so low, I really didn't even fucking notice but that it's gonna be funny i and and i'll take the time to say as well i appreciate anyone who listens all these uh technical foibles that i've been dealing with learning how to do this but it is it is my lo-fi beats that you will be hearing and they are non-dmca from what i've heard so i think we should be okay (laughs) cool yeah that's fine get that out of the way uh please continue there's the holy holy cow or no chilled cow plays stuff on youtube yeah okay. i don't uh, maybe it'll yeah. be a regular thing we'll just do our whole podcast over lo-fi Hell it'll be yeah. a new new so, wave of podcasts you know find us on twitter to let us know if you like the lo-fi yeah, please. Should, we, should, we, should we include a uh, lo-fi beats into the yeah hashtag. maybe just um, maybe just that's how you'll know if we don't like a movie is that it'll have lo-fi beats uh <laughs> yeah let's get to the let's we can stop shitting on this movie let's let's wrap this up i think we've said a lot about this movie i will just say um uh let me see if i have anything else yeah i'll take another look at my notes as well um it's just yeah it's it's fun it's been fun to take notes and everything and i i think like anytime i have a funny line or a line that seems just preposterous then i always got to highlight those like Someone says, I have no chill. I went, oh, when was that from? Hmm. <laughs> I have no chill. That was in this movie. Hell yeah. Um, okay, some things I want to call out. The writers of this movie are also the writers of Uncharted. So the movie adaptation that is starring mm. Mark Wahlberg. Um, okay. So just get completely unexcited for that. Oh, I mean, that's They're- kind of what I already expect oh yeah for that. Sure. yeah for sure but that's that's going to be an incredible snooze and yeah big time uh, sorry sorry for all you uncharted fans i know that that's a pretty beloved series i have myself really included yeah it's fun it's i mean it's if you basically just did an indiana jones movie you'd be you'd be okay that's essentially what those are but mm. there are some characters in there that are fun to explore it's just a matter of i don't know they really but there's really not much uh, there's 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 some i don't know those those movies are great fun ad- adventures and there's there's enough there to work off of but if if it's anything like this then it would pretty much feel feel like watching like the video game storyline which is pretty minimal it's really about just playing the video game that makes it fun between all those like kind of 
globe trading story points, but it makes sense why they would be picked for something like that. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. For sure. Makes sense. They also, um, the writing duo did transformers the last night and punish a war zone. Mm-hmm. Um, never saw the last night. I think that's the last one in the transformer movie series. I only saw the first one. I've thought about going through them, but I don't think I can handle it. Are those polarizing? No, they're just genuinely bad. I'm, I looked at the last night. I got a 15% uh, tomato score and a 43% audience score. <laughs> so just ge- varying versions of bad. <laughs> yeah, just varying versions of bad. So yeah, these these writing duo just uh, made, made nothing but stinkers uh, outside of Iron Man, which is really their... Uh, yeah, so... So Ariana Grande, Elon Musk, and Donald Glover are the highlighted celebrity aliens. Yeah. That, uh, whoa, what's that? The way that the, the bad guys took that guy's body was pretty scary. That was the scariest mm-hmm. point. But then they, yeah, like, he turned, turned into, into like, like sludge. Yeah. Yeah. That was scary. That was cool. Stuff like that. I, I think is, is very interesting. Or like, you know, like the, um, adding a fear element. No, you brought it up. That's a good, really good point. Cause I was, there was, um, some body horror part, shit. I don't know. Even body horror. Yeah. 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 The aliens are gross and weird. Yeah. Cause that's another they take thing. Over that human I, bodies. Yeah. Um, there's, there's stuff to work there, but there wasn't really any of that. Yeah. It was just so funny to me that, um, like a really great example of the movie, not understanding that is the, uh, the, woman drug lord gun dealer where she was incredibly attractive woman and then instead of becoming like a hideous monster and that being like she's actually mm-hmm. this uh, ugly alien no she just has more arms just a third arm she, yeah and she can hide him too yeah <laughs> so it's made really, that fight scene really easy to coordinate though i'm sure yeah just like she has some Real, little back punch and it's good can i bring mm-hmm. up one thing with his name is fungus i think right yep what was the point in poisoning him, having him leave, and then blowing up his car. Why couldn't they just blow up his fucking car when he left? They had to like get him to leave with the poison, like like oh we got to do it now, so let's get him in the car and then blow him up. Like why did they shoot that that shit into his neck or whatever? Didn't they they just blow him up or get a higher grade poison? I I just like. It's like, oh, he's poisoned. It's like, oh, get him in the car. And then the car just fucking blows. <laughs> I thought he was going to get poisoned in the car. He's like, oh, no, <laughs> let's blow him up. Dude. Super and dead. then he like is dying. And then it's like, then they talk about the poison later. It's like, oh, he did get poisoned and blown up. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, I was just so confused. And it just seemed like a car bomb. It's just like, is that what alien technology is? It's a fucking car bomb. <laughs> I, don't, I just didn't understand. <laughs> yeah they just really wanted to super kill him oh, i didn't even really I, right I didn't put that isn't together. that weird i just yeah that is weird i didn't even notice that yeah it's like oh he's oh what is this poison gonna do it on i was curious and it's just like nope boom <laughs> um they drank from that thermos without noticing a mustache was living inside i don't know how you could have done that but they did um yeah oh oh this is okay this is the best Pawnee line um what is it like when they're having like a a heartfelt moment and then Pawnee undercuts everything going on by saying what is this a sequel to the notebook i haven't seen it but i and he's like i assume it's something like this that's like one of his lines 
What is this? Is he a sequel to The Notebook? I haven't seen it, but I thought, I assume it's something like this. Uh, that seems like such a like, hey, Kumail, like say something funny in the sound booth or, or some shit. I don't know. That was so bad. I felt like barfing and out of both ends. I'm sorry. Hell yeah. <laughs> I felt like blood double. farting. Yeah, double barf. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, God. I did like that Chris Hemsworth was like buddies with aliens. Like that was that was kind of like a fun idea of just like like when Fungus died, he was really bent out of shape and sad about it. And there's something yeah. like Tommy Lee Jones was missing that sort of like he knew everything was going on, but he didn't really have as much of like an emotional connection. I like that Chris Hemsworth had like an emotional connection. I would have enjoyed if he was a little bit more emotionally entangled with some of these things of like showing that side of him and, and caring a, a lot more about it. But then when he just doesn't care about his job, it kind of counteracts that whole sort of like that sort of, he's just more about, I guess the personable nature of, of getting to, he's a social sort of guy, but I liked when they showed that he was like really sad about fungus. Yeah. And, and he was also, also sad about the club owner guy, his friend. And that was, yeah. I mean, I no, that is nice. And the problem is, is that those characters are uninteresting like that he's mm -hmm. caring about, you know? Yeah, they just yeah, that would have made it even better, but they couldn't do it. So, yeah, I yeah, that idea, I were just like within the organization that that's what it would take, I think, to be a good good agent, uh, and to like do these sort of be like an M, like a what do you call it, embassy sort of or a ambassador to planet Earth sort of is like another job that Men in Black kind of has as well, and I thought that was kind of interesting of just like yeah, take this guy out and show him a good time. Um, how it played out was just whatever. I, I don't know. Seeing a club full of aliens sounds like it'd be a cool thing, sort of like Star Wars sort of style or something, but mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of like, that's what oh, makes well. it frustrating too. And you bring up like a, a fresh voice or not, or someone that is going to like have a consistent tone or some sort of idea and I think that's what frustrates it, me so much about movies like this, where it's like there is so much potential uh, for these ideas that they that they have on paper and everything, but they just seem like they're half baked and you know taken out of the oven a bit too soon to, before they're able to like fully flesh them out. And it's yeah, it's kind of uh, it's it's strange, man, how how movies are made I, yeah it's just just strange how much mm -hmm. money goes into it and in my mind the idea you know but everyone going everyone's going into it and thinking they're making a great movie i i, I don't know it's just it just seems like such a thing it must be so weird to be like well i don't know about certain stuff a lot of stuff is going to be done in post you know and whether it's like Pawnee's lines or his whole character <laughs> Um, or just a, a lot of the stuff, it's like you don't know how it's going to turn out, and that just must must feel weird too. But having control over that, and the giving that control to a singular person, sometimes that's what it takes to kind of drive it through. But other times, I'm sure it, it helps having a having a second look at things. It's just uh, from the beginning to the end of making this movie, I could just picture it being cold and calculated and just how everything we've talked about talked about uh brought this to fruition but uh anyways yeah i think that i think that is enough enough for me about that would you like to move on do you would you like to hear uh any reviews 
Um, yeah, I let's do want to hear some reviews. Let's remind um, ourselves I, of the percentage. It's 23% uh, critics, 66% audience. And so, yeah, like the audience didn't absolutely love it, but the critics fucking hated it. Yeah. And I'm sure for all the reasons that we said, mm-hmm. um, if anything, I would like to hear reviews about why people love this movie rather than shitting on it. Cause I mean, yeah, the audience done. fresh reviews is something that I think I would, I would be curious, uh, as well. So I'll, I'll bring up some of those, um, mm. because it's while you're just, bringing those, yeah, uh-huh. while you're, while you're bringing those up, I will say, I want to say something that I found really fun and interesting is that one of Tessa Thompson's early acting credits are um, she is featured in a, the Dr. Tran YouTube video. No way. Really? Yeah. She, there's this scene where all of these women are just, it's very quick. They're like, we love Dr. Tran. What? Cause it's getting to getting this to the old point internet of like, shit. Old internet shit. And Tessa Thompson is just part of the this group of women and right in the front. And they're like, we love Dr. Tran. And that's it. And she's got that on her IMDb. Oh, my God. That's, oh, it's on IMDb? That's amazing. Yeah. And what I just thought thing? it was. I love that fucking commercial. He's just giving out the hot dickings. The hot dickings. <laughs> Come down to your local, <laughs> local whatever store. And the one with the chicken, yeah. If you, the few people that know what Doctor Tran is, yeah, it's 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 old, weird internet, funny, funny shit. That's so funny. And it still holds up. I again, yeah, yeah I watched, I, I watched it um, when I found that out because yeah, that just blew me away. I saw that. I'm like, you're a fucking major movie star. What is what the crap's going on here? I'm and, chuckling about uh, that chicken one. That chicken one's so funny. That chicken one is funny. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> her, her very first credit on IMDb is "Here Comes Doctor Tran." Hell yeah. Um, she's great in "Sorry to Bother You" as well. I, I love. She's her. fantastic in "Sorry." She's to great you. in that movie. I, I I love her in in general. I was yeah. and I was looking forward to seeing her more than anything in this movie. And um, I like the the idea of her character as well. It's like I like the idea of Chris Hemsworth. Uh, being pals with aliens. And I like the idea of her basically being a sequel to ET where she's trying to join like the secret alien organization, uh, after ET leaves, you know, and she's like constant. And it's like, what is, what is it? Elliot or whatever. And ET, what is he going to do once alien, once ET leaves and he knows there's aliens out there. It's like, what if he takes a pursuit into aliens? Like that sounds like, I don't know. There's like, there's inklings of, there's of, some- of interesting stuff and i don't know yeah like seeing a little bit more of what that alien would have done once he left or seeing a little bit more of her day-to-day of how she knows so so much of this stuff but i don't know that's not necessarily what a good movie would have made but it's just like i it's not it's not my job <laughs> um, but uh yeah right. but he's uh there's yeah there's good good ideas here and the idea of aliens and 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 her loving aliens and, and chris hemsworth kind of loving alien they both they both kind of have a love for it for aliens and for the job that they're in, but it doesn't really come across in a way besides just um, kind of going through the motions again of this, of this partnership and what they have to do to move the movie along. But the, the things that they share together is a missed opportunity. If you're going to have these people that feasibly you hired because you saw them in a movie together, that they're great. And then everything instead of just, 
it seems like using that as just like, oh, well, that's covered. We don't have to worry about the chemistry. We don't have to worry about the funny stuff. They're going to do it for us instead of like leaning into that and being like, no, we're going to really make their relationship a big part of this movie uh, because they work so well together. If you are going to be working last minute on stuff, I, I don't know. I just uh, didn't really get where their rises and falls of the relationship happened there. I didn't seem like a, a fallout, a big fallout occurred between them, them two. Uh, at any point it was her just kind of being on his, on his ass to, to yeah, him. But like, absolutely. it would have been nice if they had a little bit more conflict or something, but anyways, um, yeah. If I could re if I could just pitch a rewrite of this movie, I would, Do it. I would pitch that the movie should be centered, um, the plot of the movie should be centered around the subplot that's in this with the um, the former love of Chris Hemsworth, uh, that woman, just that be kind of the the main plot, and then the progression of uh, the bodyguard alien in the beginning and how and what and what the implications are for him working with her and just. Yeah keep it just keep it in that and that because way those things relate they come back in contact with each other later it wouldn't have been so out of place absolutely still have them come back in contact i i it's a really dumb understanding of what is interesting when you think what is interesting is that there's this all-powerful omnipotent being that is out to destroy the universe it's really fucking boring we saw that be an issue time and time again in a lot of the superhero movies where like uh x-men apocalypse is a great example of that of this all-powerful being that is mm -hmm has no real emotions or isn't grounded in mm -hmm. anything. Cause how could he? Cause he's a fucking alien. And that and all becomes, he wants is death. Like this. Just like all he wants is death. And yeah, and like, whatever. Absolutely. It's super fucking boring. And you could have brought, you could have brought an element of that into this movie where the love affair resolve or the relationship resolves itself in the positive between, uh, Reza or whatever the girl's name is. Uh -huh. Um, and she like sees the error of her ways or she's destroyed in her greed. And she has always been pulled into or kept in the darkness because there is a larger, maybe criminal organization in the mm. universe that is in conflict with men in black. Mm. I just really hate Brandon, I want to see this movie. <laughs> right. Brandon, I just hate this movie. Yet. Where were you for yeah. rewrites? Hit me up. I'm, I'm I'm here for you guys. I'll pitch these rewrites. Yeah, that stuff sounds way more interesting because it brings you back down to a smaller scale and lower level and allows you to focus more so on how did Tessa the Thompson... Alien Black Market some shit. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. You get that gritty, gritty sort of side back too. I don't know. Right, and scary side. And then you can, you can work in those tonal shifts can, where... Because there's an element of like working for the underground or because that's what that that female uh, fuck what is Riza yeah Riza Riza that's mm. that's Riza's thing it's like she is um, she is fueled by greed and that led her to uh, the you know going separate ways with Chris Hemsworth and essentially yeah and then also too employing and turning evil the 
uh, alien that Tessa Thompson had in the beginning. Like, mm-hmm. there's enough there to have a conflict between the characters and brings it closer in so you can focus mm-hmm. on the actual characters themselves and focus less on the fact that there is all of these things in the universe that are happening that just really don't matter. And that alien's journey, like that could have been pawn you for, for all I fucking care. And then he could have gone with them at the end, like, like once mm-hmm. they meet, once they meet up with them or something, because it's just like, don't give a fuck about Pawnee's backstory as well. Like my queen bullshit, whatever. But it's like, the aspect that I found interesting as well about the aliens within this movie is like they're immigrants coming to earth and they're trying to assimilate with earth's culture and norms and them dealing with that. I always thought was like very interesting as well from some of the characters in in the, in the first one and these, and then like kind of men in black having to be like, Oh, like they having to, find out like who's on earth and who isn't and everything. And, and uh, I think that journey again, that journey for that alien that Tessa Thompson met, that would have been interesting just seeing that alien trying to assimilate to a, a earth way of life, how an alien would come in contact with men in black, how men in black like finds these rogue aliens that, or maybe he was under the radar of men in black the whole time, or maybe men in black didn't treat him right. And so he had to go to this criminal. Yeah, dude, that sounds like a very interesting. Yeah. That's what they're going to do with the next one. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds like so interesting to hear that alien side of everything. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. But that's my pitch. Um, yeah. Or they're just the, a bug uh, that takes over Vincent D'Onofrio. I mean, that was, I can't get better than that. Um, yeah. I'll do little reviews. Uh, these are all like, yeah, my sons just love the alien guns and other equipment. I loved having a female agent MIB. Hell yeah. That, that man, this movie is definitely right. Hell yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Tessa Thompson in that role. I mean, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard hearing the, like, it just sounds, it comes across just cringy a little bit where it's like, well, it should be woman in black. I don't know. There's a better. I I thought there'd be like a better, better way to to do that. It was like men and women in in black. I mean, they're right. That should it should be like they're. I don't know. It'd be cool to have a little change or something. But I don't know how you. I don't know how. I'm not sure how you express that in in the actual movie. I guess Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson is a way. She's like I've tried to have a change. They won't do it, or whatever. I guess that's that's kind of well, like how how it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Love well, the and then you know, okay. and what you do then, just like the natural thing that happens in our world is that, okay, so Men in Black doesn't get changed because of what it stands for. Then you just don't call it Men in Black. You just call it MIB. And then you just start never calling it Men in Black. Yeah, Agents in Black. Just- I don't know. Whatever. Maybe there, maybe there is a change at the end of the movie. If you are going to bring that up, like there might be... There might be a way to, yeah, or just, okay. The thing is like, if you do bring it up and then it doesn't change, it further proves your point that things are hard to fuck. And like, you're just reinforcing that there is a fucking glass ceiling <laughs> and that yeah. things are just like fucking hard to change. Cause that's essentially what Edmund Thompson said. is like, there's a fucking, I'm, I'm in charge and I'm the fucking boss and I can't get it changed. Mm-hmm. Even I can't get it changed. And I'm at my fucking, like the, the height of I'm, I'm more in charge than Liam, Liam Neeson. I can't change that shit. So yeah, who's because ultimately changing the name is means 
their name is not what they do. It's just who it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's describing an object and who and what they wear. <laughs> like I, carrot and the word carrot doesn't have nearly as much value as the nutrition that the thing provides. It's like, yeah, you, you can try to change it, but if you're getting pushback from, um, wanting things to it's always been like this and that's what i appreciate and that type of person then it kind of doesn't matter a whole lot i don't know i just i guess i haven't fully flushed out my opinion on at what point do you just go it's not worth the argument it's like if you are gonna bring it up that's that's the thing it's like just don't just don't bring it up because her bringing it up and then saying that nothing can be done, all that tells me is like within this world, that's what this organization Fair. represents as well. An organization that's willing to accept aliens and things of all different, wherever you're from, whatever planet you're from, whether there's probably planets where there's like fucking 300 different genders or whatever the fuck. And like, but you still have men in, in your name. It's like, you you got you're the one that got me thinking about that. I wasn't even thinking mm-hmm. about it before I came into this movie. It was just like that's just what they're fucking called, whatever. But they got me thinking about it. So now I'm like, well, yeah. Why is it still men? And then she just says like, oh, I can't change it. I've tried. It's like, well, fuck. That's how. Now you to, you've told me what to think and how to feel about it. Honestly, of like, oh, even Emma Thompson can't can't change this shit. So I I don't know. Or it's just like one of those things where it's it's trying to have a social commentary of just like, Oh, these age old traditions that have this organization has been around for, for however the fuck long, uh, that, yeah, I guess maybe in the long stretch of things, this, this thing's been around since, you know, they had, they found their first aliens. And at that time, you know, women didn't have voting rights or some shit. And that's just like, how it started and they're still trying to work through it. It's just like, is that what we want to talk about <laughs> with men in black or, or something? But it's, yeah, I don't know. It's just, this is where it gets my, gets my mind going. So it's just like either, either bring it up and decide to change it or don't bring it up at, at all. Because at the end of this movie, it's just, just kind of like, well, should be fucking aliens in black or, or something, or the aliens should be included as well. Get an alien in there to be an agent at the, on the next one. Why, why not? Cause uh, yeah. that, that'd be like the ultimate, like new recruit. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll, Oh, here's a longer one. Artemis from Ron tomatoes. I went with me. I went with my wee wife. That's how he, that's how he said it. I went with my wee wife. We liked the fact it had fresh blood. We liked it referred to the old school men in black regime. We mm. liked te- Tessa Thompson's characters, tenacity and the fact that she didn't, persist till she got what she wanted um that that is a great statement in this day and age and this year for women um i know this person that might not speak english but uh my wife has a sticker on her laptop to that effect that is why it is that is why is movie stuck with me that is the moral of the story not aliens not saving the world persisting to the end yet she persisted Thank you, Artemis. That was beautiful. <laughs> that, that was, was beautiful. That was beautiful. Touching. Wow. People really like Tessa Thompson's character, and I think people really are happy that she uh, was in this movie. Yeah, for sure. And you know what? I it's definitely not her fault that this movie is it's not good. Susan, and just B. like we said, 
we can, we can be critical about Chris Hemsworth's performance, and we have been, but I mean, he's not he's not bad. Neither one of them are bad. It's just mediocre. They're and doing. I think they're doing. A, they're doing their best. My issues, yeah, are not are not with them. And my comments on her performance and and everything, I think, is it's she was give. They were given a lack to do, and they had to make their own moves. And that's very difficult to make decisions when you're not sure what the final product will be. And I, I'm completely okay attributing it to that because anything Tessa Thompson does, I am curious in seeing. I think she's she's great mm-hmm. on the screen, and I I like I like. Uh, what I've seen from her in the past. So yeah. Um, Susan B says, enjoyed the movie. Five stars. All these are five stars. Enjoyed the movie. I like all the men in black movies, but now it should be agents in black or men and women in black. <laughs> I love any movie with Chris Hemsworth in it. Also Liam Neeson. So Susan B feels that it should be agents in black as well. Sounds like Susan B's a little thirsty for some Hemsworth. Yeah, I think so. I and think and some Neeson too. Yeah, she likes that Neeson. She wants that Neeson dick. <laughs> hey man, who who doesn't? <laughs> who doesn't? Who doesn't? Yeah. I mean, it's like this is like the they're the M's of the James Bond. There's two M's in this in this world. Yeah, two two good looking guys. I love the I love the. Here's another Jenny. Great movie. Love Liam Neeson always. Um, cozy says just as good as the first one. A plus. Uh, was true to the MIB films. Love Steve. Hey, Steve. Thanks for writing in. Now his name's Ressy, but it says love Steve. Who does he? Oh, Steve is wait. Who's Steve in the movie? Who's Steve? Huh? Oh, he's just professing his love to uh, just Steve. Oh, great. Michelle M says enjoyed every facet. Facebook user says, well done. I laughed out loud a number of times. Luis M says, seen every one of these movies and loved every single one of them. Did miss seeing Will Smith. That being said, I thought the casting was wonderful. Great family film for the summer. Yeah, people people who love the MIB world, I think we will run into movies that are like franchise movies or movies that are part of a series where you'll see the running trend of the maybe just polarized disparity within those scores all throughout the series. Cause I, there's just people that love being a part of the world and are constantly going to sign, sign up again and again to do it. And I I'd say I'm one of those people with certain movies. I don't know. Like I, for me, it would be Jurassic park, but I mentioned that Jurassic park, Jurassic world too even the first Jurassic world, but that Jurassic world too is like, man, you, you, you got somebody who's like such a diehard fan of that series and myself, you know, even Jurassic park three, whatever is, is a poopy movie, but, uh, it's, it's, there's fun moments and and all of them, whatever, even, even the ones I hate, but I had such a hard time enjoying that movie. And it's, if I mean, Star Wars fans must just be losing their minds because this is just their whole thing that they've been dealing with for forever. Uh, but uh, there's going to be those diehard fans that are going to like whatever is, is put out. And there's going to be some people that get off the, the ship at, at certain, certain ports and everything. And yeah, I think there's, there's just movies that, you know, I got off at men at men in black three. I got, I saw the second one and, and got off, after the third one, I'm back on and it's, uh, 
this is where we're at. And it just reminds me so much of other things happening today and it's lost its flavor for me. And, uh, it, it tastes more like other stuff that's already happening. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't have the same flavor as, 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 as those favorite things of, of mine, but they are trying to harken back to that stuff. And for some people it hits and, um, uh, I see the big T-Rex roaring in Jurassic world. There's a part of me that like flickers, my heart flickers a bit like, ah, I came to the movie. I saw that. That feels good with this one. I, I don't know those, those aliens. I'm, I'm looking at all the aliens looking for that. Uh, and it just doesn't do it enough for me. And I'm just going to go ahead and give my score after this. I feel like I'm going yeah. off right now. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the story is MacGuffin city and, um, that MacGuffin is revealed halfway through Pawnee is revealed halfway through the lack of character depth is revealed halfway through. So this is like half of a movie to me in, in that regard. Cause I just am, uh, gone by the middle of it. Uh, when I do try to like this movie and try to enjoy it, there's things that, that, uh, hold me back hugely. <laughs> um, and, uh, I think I am somebody that did that did like this world. I was fascinated by this movie when it when it came out, and I was fascinated by Jurassic Park. Lost World came out at the same time. These are some of my early movie going ex experiences. And I remember when my family went to see the first one, I was so jealous. But we got it on VHS, and I watched it constantly. Um, and I, I watched the second one a number of times as well, and didn't enjoy it as much. But it's just a a natural progression to me from that second one, it seems like with this one. And on top of that, they're trying to start something new while also progressing something. And it, it speaks to the, the mechanical nature of, of some of these, some of these movies and what they've turned into and it. And it um, bums me out and it, it bums me out even more when the humor doesn't hit. And that's just like the greatest sin. I think, a movie can be is just be like so trying so hard to be funny and not being funny and having terrible tonal shifts within a very paint by numbers um, movie. And the only things that set it apart are just seem like half-assed. Um, and that's, that is just like something that really, really rubs me the wrong way because it seems like they're trying to speak to me in a way that's like, some guy fucking trying to elbow you in like the ribs with like some funny fucking joke that he's laughing yeah. at and being like, like champ from like the office or something being like, right, right. Isn't that funny? Like, right. You get it. You get it. Like you're a millennial. Like you fucking get, you get how Pawnee's like whole attitude is or, or some shit or how these kids from, I keep on bringing Jurassic world two up for some reason, but just like that. Sort oh, that's of a like, good example. You fucking yeah. get it. You, you're a millennial. You get how these kids talk and everything. But then there's like, yeah, this double standard of just like, oh man, look at how fucking hot Chris Hemsworth is. Oh my God. Um, and it just, that just says to me that you don't know what the heart of this movie is because there's these elements that you don't give the proper attention to. You have all the elements because it is a line of a movie that has all these things and you have that checklist of all these elements that, that you want, but there's nothing holding it 
together in the way that makes me care about the active agents and members of the storyline it seems like they're just caught up in what's already going on and they're going through the motions as with everything else in this movie oh god what am i gonna i haven't even thought of a number value yet but shit i will not be watching this movie again i'm curious if i'll even go back to men in black 3 i'm curious if they're going to come out with more uh stuff like this more they're going to have more stuff like are they going to keep doing men in blacks i don't know um fuck this movie um uh shit i i'm trying to figure out what now what i'm giving credit for because like we've dunked on it so hard uh and i think the things that i would give it credit for would would be the things that were already part of part of men in black before this movie decided to show its ugly face um fuck 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 uh shitty fucking movie two out of 20 percent fucking 20 percent there it is I'll keep mine brief. It's a because bummer. It's a bummer of a movie, man. Yeah, it really is. But yeah, I'm gonna keep it brief because there's. Thank you. Uh, a. I'm long-winded. It sounds like a carpet cleaner. Car is is. Oh, I don't uh, hear it. I think you're okay. Oh really? Oh wow, that's exciting. Um, yeah, because it's very loud over here. Uh, no, yeah, you're good. So I don't hear. It. I think I'm I'm in agreement with the majority of the things that you said. And it really, yeah, all of it is just a summation to this movie has, um, doesn't have a soul, doesn't have a heart. It uh, is dead on arrival it, because it was, uh, it was a mathematical equation that somebody put together to say that all of these pieces will be successful. And I don't want to encourage that filmmaking. I'm not, that's not what I stand for. I love movies too much to stand for bullshit like that, mm-hmm. where you just, you know, you don't have a unique perspective on it. You're just, you're, Oh, well, this guy wrote this. So it's going to be the X. That's going to give me X return. This person made this much money in this role. Going to give me X return. Yeah, hey, dude. Fuck, fuck, fucking can't stand that. And I won't support it. You hit the nail um, on the head. I'm going to give this movie a 12%. I'm, I mean, I'm never going to watch it again. Hell no. Um, Hell no. I will avoid never... this movie. I will avoid it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so. I turned oh, it off on oh. a plane. <laughs> Again. <laughs> I don't know what I watched that's, instead. That's a, I enjoyed. That's a, that's I think the movie I watched too. before was Spider-Man No Way Home, which is like mm-hmm. a whatever. I don't know. It's fine. I'm not the biggest what, like superhero guy either. But that movie was like a bunch of traveling as well as a lot of like, which was great to watch on a plane when you're traveling. And this movie was a lot of traveling, globetrotting as well, international. Uh, And I was on a long flight. I think it was to or from Korea. And I had a lot of time to watch movies. And fuck, man, that's that desert scene. I was like, I want to do something else. Like I am I am. You're bored on a plane as it is. You want to find a movie. You could watch anything on a movie. And it's been argued that you enjoy things more on a plane, even if it was a, a bad thing, like Spider-Man No Way Home. I don't even want to watch that movie again because it'll remove my enjoyment that I had on the plane because I know I won't enjoy it as much. <laughs> Just uh, on the on the land on the land ground place. That's what I call it. I don't know how to talk anymore. But um, no, 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 no. Thank you. Bad, bad, bad movie. Bad. Bad movie. Bad, Bad movie. movie. You get shame from polarized. 
shame. You get put in, I don't know, we need a special place for a movie like you. You're, I, you're in the doghouse, baby. So, so I just found this right at the end, and I think you'll get a kick out of it. Amy Nicholson gave this movie a, a tomato and said, oh. this is just a good quality second base summer blockbuster. <laughs> Very big, bold, and funny. Don't start, this, that, don't start this Amy Nicholson beef again, man. I, I, tried, I tried already. You, now you're just trying to antagonize me. I wanted to antagonize you. Oh, you fucking I would. Mean, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, what a – yeah. Nicholson, what the fuck are you talking about? What are you talking uh, about? I want to know what she thinks about Pawnee. She's a fucking uh, okay. Like I gotta, I gotta calm down. It's the contrarian shit, dude. I don't know. It's hard because it's like you're. And we had this whole con- discussion at the uh, very early on in this podcast, but I, no, we did about um, how she's like. Yeah, people look at she, me are probably Lion King, and I'm maybe I'm contrarian or so. I like Lion King, whatever. But I think I, I, you just got to be if you're clear about your points, and I guess she is, and you, and you you get hung up on certain things. I can't let you down. That's fine, but I, I can't listen to. Because <laughs> there's definitely this. It, it almost sounds PC, right? Or you're being, contr- you know, yeah. I guess there's like it's a combination of PC and being contrarian, which is very interesting. I guess that's just internet culture, kind of some like weird dis- distillation of it. But it reminds me that is everything's so subjective, man. Everyone can have their opinion. Who the fuck cares? I think, and I was thinking about it too. Maybe my difference is like, I may this maybe is not her either. But it strikes me as like her taste means a lot to her and that it somehow makes her better than other people. This sounds so fucked up. Here I don't we know. Go again. Here we go. Okay. I don't know. If, uh, it's just like that sort of feeling just like, well, I actually think this and that makes me different. <laughs> so, uh, right. No, I get it. All right. I need to calm down. I need to calm down. This movie okay. put me in a place. Here, here's something that might give you life then. So I looked up uh, David Sims review of this as he gave it a which I really was feeling the, the he does this shit feel. sometimes too, but I yeah. he does this shit sometimes too, yeah. especially I read his review about uh, wonder woman uh-huh. and it was like, you know, right. Oh, if you just like, if you let it be its thing, it's so fun. Yes. He, he has that effect on me as well. I think I've heard some, yeah. some reviews of, of like movies that I, I really don't like. And I'm just curious to hear the take and he, and that's, and it speaks to myself as well, but hearing how they defend it is just like, you're overthinking it. You're, you're, it makes me feel like an idiot. Yeah. It's like calling me out or something. It's like, no, I just, I don't fucking like it. And like, Oh, if you, yeah, it's, it's a really great way for somebody to in that kind of does what they do or has an attitude like them to say, it is easy to shit on something. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to just be, loving to this because being loving is cool and like that in itself has some cachet where i'm like oh you know everybody man everybody's so drab and just just shitting on this it's actually if you kind of just turn your brain off and let the movie wash over you it's just such a wonderful piece of entertainment and you know i respect yeah dude i respect original thought but yeah there's there's okay I think it comes from a place sometimes where it's like there's a conversation going on and there's a there's a lot of people that get in line and take over whatever sort of uh, narrative is being placed on whatever piece of art it is. And yes, it is much easier to get in line and say all the things that everyone is saying, get backed up and move on with your life, knowing that you're on the the whatever, not right or wrong side of his, movie history or anything, but it's just easier to get in line with your opinion. And it is much harder to defend an opinion that as an outlier and 
and these people are prize themselves on their opinion because they're because they are critics and that's what we've been doing this this whole time as well but it is this this sort of thing yeah where it's like they are looking at the the movie from how everyone's the discussion that's being had about the movie as well as everything leading up to the movie who's involved with it and everything and i think it's hard to remove that sort of context out of your brain once you already know all these things about it and you're stuck in movie world and you're around a bunch of other people that uh that's their maybe their job as well as they write about movies and they know about movies so it's just kind of like it is kind of contrarian olympics i don't know it just that's what it strikes me as man or just trying to like differentiate your opinion so much from everyone so it remains yours and to me it just comes across as just like you really your opinion is so important to you and it has to be unique and it has to be different than everyone else's. And that pride, that's, that's a prized possession to you is your, your taste and, and, and what you like and everything. And, uh, I can relate with that to an extent, but there's, there's, there's times where it's just when it comes across as, uh, as dismissive of some of the other hugely problematic things in some of this art, and choosing being more uh, um, choosing the things that you want to highlight and, and being selective over what you want to talk about and what you want to dismiss and everything. But at the same time, certain things bother people than others. It's just some of those conversations are only happening because they're in response to the narrative that's already been placed. And the closer that you have an opinion that's not, tainted by that to be honest tainted in a lot mm-hmm. of ways and i know mine is as well believe me like we're not stepping into this new world of movie making this is a we're stepping into the stream after it's been built up a land and critics as well and the world of critics and we've never uh done this in a in a structured sort of way before so finding a way to express your opinion without coming off as an asshole uh it can be hard because people just flat out disagree on anything you say but uh sure. but there's there's just something schmarmy about being being so proud of your opinion. Yeah, because that's your job, though. I don't know. It's like that's their job and their critics, but it's just like I don't know. It's like everyone's got a fucking opinion, bro. <laughs> you know, it's just your whether you're really good at expressing it, and it's like okay, you're really good writer. You know how to express your opinion, but everyone has one. You know, I I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, it's just. It, I would just focus on the contrarian element of it because I think you can get pretty objective with with art in general by saying this character has no depth and it's because there is X amount of time spent on the backstory. They present themselves and say these things in the movie then you could like that kind of stuff you can be critical about and that is what their job is as a critic to do and yeah i just i think it is apparent in the contrarian like i'm going for i'm doing something else other than servicing this movie by being critical of it i am building up this larger thing that i this agenda yeah. that i have that uh yeah it's it just it's more it, about the conversation de- yeah devalues your job it's mm-hmm. like yeah so 
I get what you're saying about Amy Nicholson, and yeah, we feel very similar about just that. People and in then, general, and, I don't know, just just uh, and that, and again, it speaks it it speaks to me and, and my own issues with with hearing that some of that stuff. And David David Sims does it does it too, I think. But um, uh, fuck, what I was gonna what was I gonna say? Ah, uh, whatever. It's just uh, it's something that uh. You do do your thing, man. I fucking forget what I was I was gonna say. I I um I'm uh, criticizing a, a I'm a, giving an opinion on an opinion, which is just uh space space that doesn't need to be held for for any reason. But I think I'm just trying to find a way to a, to express myself about how I feel about movies and the reasons that I. Feel about it uh, without pretending to think that, um, yeah, there's a rhyme or reason to it. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Sorry, but just like I was going to say, like, uh, what helps, and I and not everyone is like this, but a more consistency of of what you like and don't like. I don't know. And and sometimes when when someone really likes one thing and they don't like another, it's like if if you continually hear that voice about what they feel about something. And I was doing that for, for a while with, yeah, I guess Amy Nichols or even David Sims, uh, and, and both fascinating people with interesting ideas on, on movies. And I do, and they have made me think differently about movies, which is what they're, what they're trying to do. But the, but the problem, and it's just like, sometimes the consistency of their opinion is off to me sometimes and why they like one thing or the other and uh between movie and movie and sometimes it is a lot more about the conversation sometimes it a little, little is the reasoning is a little bit more objective it's just like how can you like a movie that's like this and 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 representing all these things in society and all this stuff and then on the same turn it'll be like well i just like it because i like it isn't that enough and they try to have you try to have it both ways and i think sometimes that consistency can rub me like as disingenuous a little bit or just like remind reminds me how subjective nature is but then you also try to place it in an objective view as well as it's bigger than a movie with certain things of, of like oh well this is what everyone's saying but i actually this is what this movie's really really about or or whatever but and then there's other times where like, i just like it it's fun i had a good time men in black international it's a fun summer breezy movie it's like why can't you hold that to the same accord as <laughs> fucking full metal jacket or some other Vietnam movie that you fucking hate. <laughs> I, think Nicholson. I think Amy Nicholson has been pretty critical of Fast and the Furious. Maybe I, I feel like I've. Yeah. And I don't want to target her specifically, uh, oh, yeah. uh, but it's just, no. just in, just in general, you know, I know we're really talking about critics as we really, yeah. we're trying to understand ourselves. Yeah. We're trying to understand ourselves, but yeah, we should say like also too, like Amy Nicholson is on a podcast that we, I genuinely enjoy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, aside from the things that we said, and I don't need to completely rehash it so close to each other, but, um, and then, yeah, David Sims too is on a podcast that we both really, really yeah. enjoy. And they, they do, they do bring that side of it. Like, Oh yeah. You know, movies are fun. You know, even if it, even if it's not an objectively good movie or whatever, like, you know, going to, uh, on an adventure can be fun. Mm-hmm. Or you could at least come to what the enjoyment that a movie can bring by just being a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, it's interesting, man. It, arts, arts, interesting, and this is a this is a medium that that we enjoy a lot. Uh, and we come from a place of yeah, watching and viewing, and 
we don't make we don't make this shit so it's that's its own place as well obviously but uh we enjoy hearing people talk about it and we enjoy watching it and uh this is our own foyer own step into step into that world but um it those people also remind me that it's okay to have yeah a different opinion and again they make me think about movies differently and sometimes that's frustrating and sometimes that's challenging to my previous notions of of things uh and where to focus when you're watching a movie um so yeah i uh i appreciate that and and they start conversations about about things within the movie that i wouldn't i wouldn't think of and that's what we're trying to do here as well so in in a ways both those people are heroes of ours and people that we could learn a lot from uh but also in the natural order of criticizing we're gonna do that too <laughs> we're little stinkers uh so yeah <laughs> is there uh did, moving on um this is where we don't have a proper way of coming up with our next movie yet we kind of just uh are are swinging it uh day of which is kind of a fun process to to go with us on yeah. um I mean because what I don't know is your your idea of it is kind of like finding something that's a different sort of flavor than the than the movie we just had. Is that is that kind of what what you're thinking, or we just go straight to Men of Black Three? <laughs> uh, um, so far, I think what I've done is just chosen either depending on how I feel about this movie, I want to be challenged by the next movie, but I want them to be connected in some way. Okay. So I mean, we we went from the last movie we watched was Saw and that was such a small tight movie. So then I looked at how can we have an adventure that was really broad? And that's how we got to Men in Black. So if anything, uh, you know, some of the connective tissue would be, it would be good to look at a movie that has a is a double hander but is small in scale. And so the double hander being the connective tissue, but really trying to fo- do more of a character piece. Cause oh. I would like to see it into this movie. Um, hmm. Like real character work happening, like real backstory, real stuff, because yeah, this movie was just so completely void of that. It'd be nice to get uh, a fill of something like that. Oh, so secret life of pets too. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um let's see here yeah oh man dark phoenix is on here jesus that was another uh plane movie that might have been the same trip uh so like uh so like a buddy thing it doesn't have to be a buddy thing necessarily i was looking at about a boy is on here is that the romantic movie yeah, with but, Hugh Grant. What is so polarizing about About a Boy? That movie, I think, is what I remember is very, very good. That's on this list. No, it is. Oh yeah, audience did not like it. Critics fucking loved it. I'd be down for this. Oh no, this is the TV show. Wait, it's ninety-three percent critics, fifty-five percent audience. I like when it's really Whoa. I like when it's really high in one direction. Like the last one, that's that was the bummer with Men in Black because the people that even did like Men in Black, it was like six was the highest for that. Well, that was just the average, but sixty something was. So it's like even the even the li- the likers were, weren't that many, and the average audience was still generally low. But this one is like 
very clear, certified fresh. I love when it's certified fresh. Uh, Let's do this if you're. Yeah, I'd super be down for a romantic. Uh, is this romantic comedy or just a drama? Dramedy? Drama, Dramedy. comedy, romance. Yeah. Have I seen this movie? I feel like I've seen at least some of it. Nicholas Holt's in the. Oh, baby Nicholas Holt. Oh, he's, he's little baby Nicholas Holt. He's the boy. Tony Collette and Rachel Wise. Oh, yes, please. Oh, I like both of them. Okay. What do people not like about this movie? I'm curious. Yeah, how do you how do you have such a strong react? I mean, it's not like down in the dumps, but it is it is in the rotten side. Were they just over Hugh Grant at this point? There's no way. It's 2002. <laughs> There's no way. This is like this is our this is a nice meaty section. People of, are over Hugh Grant, but dude, time, do you uh, see that the Notebook has a 53 percent by critics? That's crazy. That is. Fucking wild. And it's fresh by audience. Wow. Huh. What does it deal with romantic comedies? We're going to have to dig into that. 53% by critic. Wow. What do people not like about Notebook? That's just one that... It's it's hard not to admire its unabashed, unabashed sentimentality, but the Notebook is too clumsily manipulative... To rise above its melodramatic cliches. Fuck. Manipulative. Um, <laughs> damn. I mean, if that's manipulative, then Nicholas Sparks would like a word with you. Yeah, I mean, um, so I'm looking at it, I would say probably the real, f- like, starting to turn up the heat, if you will, for Hugh Grant would probably be Sense and Sensibility. I don't know how many people saw Four Weddings and a Funeral, the British one. I mean, that's a pretty, pretty solid one. Um, but it probably Sense and Sensibility is when people start getting. And then I was going to say Hill, that when he crosses over to American movie, the music and lyrics one with Drew Barrymore, I think that was kind of like. That's the end. That's the end. Yeah, that, that is for sure the end, because that's where people really needed to chill I out like, on him. What's the one with Julia Roberts? Is that Notting Hill? Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, absolutely. That's I, really like I think that, that is America or American fans probably one of the movies they first saw him in potentially is Notting Hill. Um, again, maybe Sense and Sensibility, but I think Notting Hill was a bigger hit than Sense and Sensibility. And then then you get Bridget Jones Diary, which is like home run. Everybody's like, okay. Hugh Grant. I mean, yeah, so you just have those successions. Interestingly enough, so goes Bridget Jones' Diary, then, then About a Boy is, is the next year. I haven't seen Bridget so. Jones. Well, cool. Little, uh, little Hugh Grant action. Hugh Grant action. That'll right. be a, a fun little two-hander where you got a, a grown adult and a kid. Nicholas Holt, man, I'm I'm so excited to see his future. Like, if anyone out there, uh, I'll just plug his performance in fucking in the great. I haven't seen him in like much else besides I don't know whatever X Men where he's he's fine and everything right. else I've seen. But like, if you see him in the great, he is so good in that movie. Or sorry, it's show. Sorry, series. Um, eh, just check it out. It's fucking. It's hilarious, and he's uh, he makes it. I'm I was blown away by how how funny he is. Um, 
Anyways, uh, we'll start wrapping up here. Uh, we do these streams. Uh, the days are kind of up, up in the air. Yeah, once a week, maybe Wednesday, maybe another day. Polarize pod on Twitch. Um, Twitter, Polarize the pod, I believe. Uh, on, on Twitter, if you want to add us, yep. bro. And uh, let us know if you have any thoughts about this movie about the movie coming up um, next week, uh, which is about a boy. And um, let's what's our Gmail Our Gmail. If you have any questions, I was going to bring, throw that out there as well. If you want to get in touch with us with any uh, questions or maybe, Hey, we start getting shit. We'll start shouting people out in the right here in the pod and everything. And you know, if you have questions and stuff, maybe we can uh, talk about it. Um, right here. So send us anything that you're thinking on Gmail, uh, your gripes with me and my can you continued discussion of Amy Nicholson and and uh, and you can ask me what's my problem. And I'll uh, I ask myself that every day. So it's OK. I'll, I'll just I'll just get that <laughs> get that from other other people as well. Um, that, so that, that's the actual overarching character development you're going to go through. What is my problem? Atmosphere. Yeah. What the fuck is my problem? I mean, in terms with your relationship, uh, well, the relationship you have with yourself uh -huh. in regards to Amy Nicholson. Well, know? okay. And then you brought up David Sims as well. And when I first started listening to blank check, I had a similar reaction where it was just kind of like, I don't like the, tr the trail that they're going down, that they're focusing on in this movie or like what they, what their gripe is with it. Or even like the thing that they really liked about it because yeah, I'm not going to get in this again, but the discussion has so much about like, they're so defense. It's so defensive. And that's just a hard thing to like, listen to someone to like have to defend it in a way that's like, I know what everyone's saying. I know, but this is actually what I feel. It's like, yeah, just have your opinion. Anyways. Um, uh, that's, uh, that's us disco Volante. That's right, baby. On, on my Twitch blood for it on this guy's Twitch, uh, nympho fanny pack is another yep. moniker of, of mm -hmm. the B stabs. Yep. Um, and we had a great time again today. Uh, again, better than we had with a movie. I really hope for a good time with, with about a boy. And I'm glad you picked one that I don't know. I feel like I'm going to enjoy it. Spoiler yeah. alert. I feel like I'm going to have a good time. Spoiler alert, but uh, more than this. So uh, anything else, Brandon? No, that's it. You, um, the polar or it's polarized the pod at Gmail, um, just as the Gmail and um, yeah, Twitter, all of that. You said it. Um, that's it for me. Thanks everybody again for listening. Don't forget to rate and review on uh, iTunes. You can also check us out too on, um, on Stitcher and right. Correct on Stitcher. Yeah. Stitcher as well Stitcher and uh yeah everywhere else thank you so much all right bye everyone all right one at a time all right all right everyone all right okay you can get up from your seats okay get up from your seats all right and and, and exits on the left exits on the left all right yes you can yes you, okay okay clean up clean up your mess okay okay no autographs no autographs no autographs please leave <laughs> get out of here what are you still doing here just leave. Just they leave. leave. They won't Just leave. leave already. All right. All right. Somebody, All right. where's? Hey, Hank. Hank, get him out of here, Hank. This is the part where the cleaners come in and that bit starts. Yeah. God. And this is.
Brandon, can we just talk for a second about how crazy that podcast was? <laughs> yeah, that was insane. I, I can't know, believe dude. we just did that. That was nuts. You want ugh, those people? Those people were were beautiful. Yes, there were beautiful people that came to see us. Absolutely, yeah, really sexy. I know we have like the sexiest audience. Yeah. Oh my god. I hope they come back next week. <laughs> I, me too. I need to take a cold shower. All right. <laughs> <laughs>